welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're so excited today. We are doing a special bonus episode of the podcast. We're kind of in between uh, seasons here. And so we decided it would be really, really fun to talk about Harry Potter. Very exciting today. And uh, so I'm Rachel and I'm here with my friend Amy Lee Craig is here. Hello. <laughs> yes. And my friend Abby Kidd is here. And I invited her because we did a whole series on every single Harry Potter movie uh, on my other channel, Rachel's Reviews, and I'll put a link down. You can check it out, uh, all of those podcasts back in uh, the, was it 2017 that they had Fantastic Beasts? Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, we did, we did a whole year, basically, all on Harry Potter. It was pretty intense. And so, Abby, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So much fun. And so, yeah, I think we all have kind of a little bit different experiences with Harry Potter as a franchise. I I didn't grow up with it, obviously, because I'm an old fogey here. I, I first read it when I was uh, 21 or 22, when I was in college. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed the books. I'm not a huge fantasy person in general. But I thought there was quite a bit of heart to them, and I, 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 I enjoyed uh, getting to know these characters, and so that's kind of how I got started. I, I've always liked the books much better than the movies. I think, in my opinion, there's about half of the movies are what I would consider good, and half are not as good, <laughs> um, and... There, I think the, the best thing, in my opinion, about Harry Potter movies are, by far, Alan Rickman as Snape. I think it was yes. brilliant casting. I think he's amazing in all of the movies that he's in. He's great. And then I think the worst part about all Harry Potter, and this will be controversial, but I don't care, is Quidditch. I find Quidditch incredibly boring. What? I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think it makes any sense as a sport. Why I would want to watch a sport where one person can win in almost every situation. It's not interesting to me. I don't like it. And I just think whatever there's a scene with Quidditch is just like a thud. So I'm not a fan of Quidditch in Harry Potter. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, yes. I don't think she thought through that game well enough there. But anyway. I'm with you, Rachel. I think yeah. Quidditch is really dumb. And when I when I read about it, I had to have people like explain it to me. I was like, please explain why this is interesting. Like why do they play if one person can just okay. catch the snitch and end it? Yeah. <laughs> Almost every single time. One it's not a competitive it would not be an interesting sport to watch, that's for sure. I, I was like, why don't why doesn't everybody just like try to catch the snitch instead of bothering with all this stuff? Yes. Okay. Watching people fly on brooms is a lot more interesting than people trying to like make a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> but anybody can make a touchdown. Any of the players, and they all are needed to win. It, Quidditch doesn't make sense because one person can win ninety nine percent of matches, and then they're done. It's like what. It Have you not read Quidditch sense. Through the Ages? Has anyone here read Quidditch <laughs> Through the Ages or just me? I would rather die. <laughs> Quidditch <laughs> Through the Ages. <laughs> it's a good book, okay? They just omitted the whole snitch situation and just made yes. it air soccer. Like, I agree. It could just ever, it could be lacrosse on brooms. <laughs> Perfect. Have I you guys ever played Muggle Quidditch? 
No. I think you know the like, answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's awesome. All right, guys. It's so cool. It like the snitch is just a guy and like all yellow and he like runs around like crazy and someone has to like catch the person because it's a snitch. It is so awesome in person because you can't actually fly. So like you only have one hand because you got to hold this stupid broom and it's. Oh my it's gosh. The, it's the best thing ever. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Watch the catch the snitch. The snitch is just like a dude, though. Yeah, it's a person. <laughs> like that sounds more interesting than it is in the movies. I'm just like fast forward. E, but <laughs> that's got a tangent. But Abby, so what is your history aside from hating Quidditch like me? What is your history with Harry Potter, and what do you kind of like the most about it, and not like about it? So I'm only a little bit younger than you are. So I was 18 when they were really like gaining in popularity and somebody gave me the books and I picked and they knew I was going into education, that that's what I was studying in school. And um, so people, you know, were like, oh, kids books, you should read this. And I picked up the first, somebody gave me like a box set of first four books. And I picked up the first one and I was like, this is so boring. Like I could not get through the first chapter because the first chapter of the first book is so terrible. Um, and, but then my dad came and visited and took us to see the first Harry Potter movie when it came out. And I actually liked the movie mm-hmm. and it made me go, oh, this is cute. And I get the appeal of it. So I'll power through this boring part because I can, I know now that it gets good. <laughs> so um yeah so i read the first four books probably over the course of the next like year or two um and then i met my husband somewhere in there and we got married and it was kind of something we enjoyed together and um so when book five came out we each read it and that's actually part of our history as a couple too is he borrowed my harry potter books that's one of like, the first like real interactions we had as friends yeah. that's cute. <laughs> so there was a trust the level there <laughs> yeah yes and we read all the rest of them as they came out and even like the last couple of books came out after we were married and we went to like the oh, the um midnight releases Aww. of the books and stuff and some of them like midnight showings in the movies back when we were in our 20s and enjoyed staying up all night Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah just since then we're pretty like I would say compared to people who are maybe five years younger than we are we're pretty casual Harry Potter fans yeah. but like he has a Hagrid costume that we put together years ago that he wears anytime he wears it for like Halloween and at school if they have a dress up day for dress up like a literary character <laughs> he wears it. So, so what would you say overall in the franchise is you think the best part about harry potter i think the best part about harry potter is just like it's such an empowering story for kids and i feel like it really kept the reason it caught on so much is because um the way it his character is written and the anxieties he has and things are all very relatable to kids that are around his age in each book. Um, so I think, and or in each movie. 
And so I think that's probably my favorite thing about it is just how well how well done that is, how how easy it is for kids to relate to him. I think that's really powerful. All what I what I don't like about it is um, I feel like I feel like Ron in particular is a really um, underappreciated person in the context of the story and I really wanted him honestly this sounds terrible but I really <laughs> wanted him to die oh my god <laughs> um, yeah not because I wanted him dead but because I feel like that was his his strength was in being an incredible friend and um in being endlessly loyal to Harry even when Harry was a total jerk <laughs> um, and Ron is that guy who will do anything for his friend and I think his character to really get the credit he deserved needed mm -hmm. to die for Harry mm -hmm. yeah I can see that I, I think in the movies they make him less of that kind of archetype because you know he he gets so jealous of him in seven part one in the that's part one and you know he's like seeing them naked and stuff and and all of that <laughs> like uh, he's i think they maybe and i don't know if that's a makes it better or it makes it i don't know about his character but it's kind of that's an interesting point for sure and i think one of the other things aside from alan rickman as snape i do love the purity of harry that mm -hmm. I think that he's a yeah. character that that even though he'll have times when he's crabby or times when he's uh by he never becomes he never becomes a cynic he never becomes there's just a i think a purity to him and he never lets even though voldemort is literally in his head you know he he never flirts with evil really mm -hmm. hardly at all and i appreciate that and when when you get to the final moment in the book when he stands up to Voldemort it's such a thrilling moment because he's just been such a, a pure character and I appreciate that that you know it's so easy to kind of make characters for, for particularly for teenagers that are unlikable and there's a place for that I guess you know your catchers in the rye you're kind of characters like that uh and I don't know I just appreciate that that I could always sort of root for him. And I like that in a story. Yeah, he's he's a good balance because he has that purity, like you said, but he's not too perfect. Yeah. Like, he's still a flawed yeah. person. He's, he's a teenager. Like, at the end of the day, he's a kid dealing with very adult things. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Amy, so tell us your kind of life history with Harry Potter. Okay, well... I'm a little bit younger, so um, <laughs> I'm 21 currently, and I read the first three books. Um, I was kind of a weird kid, could read really early, and so f between first and second grade, so like around 2004-ish, I'm going to estimate, um, I was in first and second grade, I was six and seven, um, they, teachers didn't know what to give me to read because I would read things so quickly, so um, I think the librarian was trying to just like catch me off guard, handed me the first Harry Potter book. I had it done in a week. <laughs> and they're like, 
hmm, a six, seven year old probably shouldn't be able to do that. Um, but I did it. Um, so I was only able to read the first three because then my mom deemed that after the third book, um, and I don't even think after number four was out yet at that time, it might've been, but after book three, I wasn't allowed to read because my mom said that based on what she'd heard from other people, the other books weren't appropriate. So I only read the first three when I was young. And then, um, after that, when I was about nine, so I was in third or fourth grade, a podcast started called MuggleCast, and I started listening to that. So basically, I got the story of the rest of the books through that podcast, because I wasn't allowed to read the books. <laughs> um, so, like, I basically just listened to that podcast to get, like, all my info, which how my mom, how I was allowed to listen to that podcast but not read the book, I don't know. Anyways... <laughs> Um, so I finally read all of the books and finished when I was in sixth grade. So I was 11. That was the same year that Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince came out in theaters. Mm -hmm. And so since my mom had finally let me read all the books, see all of the movies, because I was only allowed to see movie one through three before that, um, I went to the midnight premiere of Half-Blood Prince at my local movie theater. It was the best day ever. I was turning 12, I think. It was just... Uh, <laughs> so awesome. It like, I, I grew up with them. I, it, the story, I was able to be the same age as Harry was and read them at those ages. And I probably have read the whole series now about 12 times, I would think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it's just become such a huge part of my life. A lot of people know I had, um, some surgeries in middle school. I was in the hospital a lot and everything. And like those books helped me so much through all of that. They were like a lifeline, a little world that you could like escape to when things were hard. And it's just ever since then been just such a huge, huge, huge part of my life. Right now in college, I am in a Harry Potter course at my college right now. Um, so I'm rereading the books for the first time in like a couple years. Well, the first time since mm -hmm. I started college, cause I got to say in college, you don't have time to read for fun a lot. And, um, right. so it, it's just become such a, such a huge, huge, like part of my life. I've been to the parks. I have a ton of the memorabilia. I wear shirts all the time. There's a picture of Draco Malfoy behind me. Like it's like, it's, it's a huge, huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm very cool. so, uh, so what are you studying as part of your Harry Potter class? Um, so it's not like a fan club. Like a lot of people think the class is like, oh, you talk about like uh -huh. the fandom and everything. No, we basically talk about the concepts that are within the books. And uh -huh. so like we spent today talking about feminism within the books and how JK Rowling kind of conveyed feminism. We did, um, a day about like evil and what we, our meanings of evil is. And we like wrote about that and stuff and how is evil portrayed in the different ways, um, we talked about like eugenics one day and like the different like muggle borns and half bloods and everything, how like eugenics is kind of mm -hmm. written into the series a little bit. So basically every day we take a concept, um, about life or something and be like, how is this in the books? How is this represented? And also how do we see it? Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe some of us in the class, how were we influenced or how were our opinions as kids like influence on those topics based on what we read in the books? Um, which is super awesome and super interesting. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy like looking at the series this way. Cause it's more than just like, I mean, I listen to MuggleCast, that podcast every week and that's like the fandom stuff where, you know, we talk about the news and everything like that. And like, you listen to all that stuff, but then in the, in this class, I'm like really getting into like the meat of it and the different, um, 
ideas that you can like pick out of the books, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that podcast has been on a long time. Yes, it has. Um, I started listening Very to it. The, early. Yeah, the first year that they started doing it, um, I started listening to it, and I was about nine. So I've been listening to these people on this podcast. Yeah. For like almost 13 years of my life. Amazing. Yeah, that's very early on in the world <laughs> yeah. of podcasting. Very, yeah. very, very early. It was like one of the only ones on the Apple podcasting app, I think. Or I might have found them through their website, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, these that podcast, like that's the reason when you guys asked me, Hallmarkies, to be on this podcast, I was like, yes, finally. I've been wanting this since I was nine <laughs> years old. Um, and like, granted, we're not talking about Harry Potter, but I mean, Hallmark is pretty cool too. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I remember being nine and 10 and listening to it and being like, I want cool podcasting friends. And now I have cool podcasting yes. friends. So <laughs> pretty well, awesome. It's my dream as well. <laughs> cool podcasting friends is going to achieve. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite thing about Harry Potter, both books and movies? Okay. Individually, so my favorite, like, I'm going to say probably, I don't know how to describe this, but uh, like growing up with it, the relatable relatability, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I could put myself into the different characters and see myself in them. Um, and like, I want to say definitely the things that happened in those books helped me through high school, helped me like learn things about myself and about Mm -hmm. the other people around me and stuff. So I think that these books are like really important for like preteens and teens to read because it's so relatable, even though like they're doing magic and like fighting the dark Lord and stuff. Like at the end of the day, they are teenagers. They're dealing with dating and hormones and like all that other stuff. And like fears also is what they're dealing with. They're dealing with fears. And um, that's what I love the most that I could really put myself into those characters and into the world and think about, what was happening in my life and that type of stuff. I think that's the best part about it is that it, at the core of it, they are all teenagers. Like (laughs) they're not just wizards. They are all teenagers dealing with teenager things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that, that it's an easy one to kind of uh, put yourself in and just to have a sense of wonder and and awe, which is really fun for kids. Uh, And I, I think I would have, I, I didn't like fantasy growing up, but I th- I did like uh, Roald Dahl, and I think oh, yeah. I would have liked Harry Potter and on, on a similar kind of level, because Roald Dahl, his stories are quite dark as I read them as adults. I'm like, ooh, but <laughs> they're about uh, these normal kids in this fantastical situations, like a Charlotte mm-hmm. chocolate factory kind of a thing. And so that's why I think more so than uh i i like lord of the rings now as an adult but i didn't like it as a as a young young person and yeah. uh, some of those other fantasy series i don't know i just didn't really like them but uh but anyway very good so we're not going to talk about fantastic beasts no we don't want to get in a yelling match on the yeah. podcast <laughs> they weren't my favorite so but we're just gonna stick to harry potter <laughs> and, uh, and we're really kind of more focusing on the movies because i don't know we're a movie podcast but we can talk yeah. about the uh, uh we can talk about the books where applicable i guess but yeah. what i thought would be fun is to just go over each of the uh, movies and talk about one thing we like and one thing we don't like 
or could okay. do that in okay. the movie. Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> the first movie, and uh, this was directed by Christopher Columbus, and uh, I think that the strongest part about this movie is all of sort of the introductions. Introducing Harry to first meeting Hagrid, uh, all the stuff with Hagrid first coming and the Dursleys freaking out, and all of that is very magically done, I think. Even just little things like him getting his birthday cake, and there's a lot of sense of magic uh, in Hogwarts and the first time going to the train station, first time, all that first time stuff is pretty fun, I think, in the yeah. movie. Uh, the weakness is that I think the Quidditch is really boring. <laughs> And I'm not going to say that for all my weaknesses. Well, just take it out here. Uh, <laughs> that I don't like it. And uh, this movie, as an adult watching it, does drag. I think it's it's very magical for kids. Mm-hmm. But there are parts that feel a little slow for me, uh, including Quidditch. <laughs> but Abby, what about you for this first one? Um, I really appreciated how true it was to the book. Now, having seen it a few times... I agree with you that it drags and I think it drags partly because it's so true to the book mm-hmm. but um, um, especially with that as the first movie I think it was kind of important that it was mm-hmm. true to the book um, my negative for it is probably kind of mean because like it's a movie full of little kid actors these are young kids like mm-hmm. 11 12 year old kids yeah, but my negative for it is that they were not great. <laughs> Their performances were pretty, pretty marginal. Yeah, um, they they had to work at it. <laughs> I think yeah. they got better as the series progressed. It's one of those things that sure. I can kind of overlook easily because they're young kids, and knowing like the casting process, these were not necessarily kids who had tons of acting experience yeah mm-hmm. um so i can kind of overlook it but i really do think that is its weakest point yeah. i think in the first movie dan was the only one had who had had like movie acting experience before was dan radcliffe the rest mm-hmm. of them hadn't been really in anything yeah so yeah. Now, what about you amy what's your favorite part about this first one so my favorite part of the first one is hagrid I think mm-hmm. they cast Hagrid, Robbie Coltrane, amazingly. Mm-hmm. Um, he does such an amazing job. I don't really like how they dumbed down Hagrid a little bit, because, like, the birthday cake in that scene, it's spelt incorrectly. In the book, it was not spelt incorrectly. Like, Hagrid is intelligent, mm-hmm. and they kind of dumbed down Hagrid a little bit, in my opinion. But I think they cast him so well, and it was just such, like what now when i read that part you're a wizard harry i hear robbie coltrane's voice Mm -hmm. so i love it Mm -hmm. um he's my favorite part of the movie yeah he's Um, yeah yeah and then my least favorite part too was probably just that it does drag a little bit i rewatched it recently and i'm like wow this isn't as exciting as when i was a little kid i mean it's cool to come back into the world and like oh remember it and everything but it is it is very childlike more more so than um you know i i remember like yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's one of those movies that watches really well the first time i think Mm -hmm. but then after that once you know the plot it's really kind of hard to sit through (laughs) i feel like i could sit through it really well until i was about 16 and then after Mm -hmm. that 
it got a little bit like, okay, we get it. We know what's happening. Like, yay, magic. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, all of these movies are basically at their core. They're mysteries. And so once you know the the mystery it's not quite as exciting uh as the first time you read it and oh what's yeah. gonna happen kind of a thing i don't i don't think and i feel yeah. like the the movies are very straightforward with a lot of the mystery and stuff i've read the books so many times that i still pick up on new things like every time i read them so like mm-hmm. that's where there's kind of like a disconnect because it's like oh you've seen the movie you know exactly what's gonna happen you know all the little pieces they make but then, you know, in the books, there's things you forget or you don't remember or, like, things you'll pick up on differently than you did the last time you read them. Um, so, like, I think there's kind of, like, that difference-ish. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense, but, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it totally does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Chamber of Secrets. Uh, this is the second one. And I feel like this one is usually at the bottom of people, most people's lists. Like. But... Uh, but I don't hate it. I, I, uh, I think that Kenneth Rana, the highlight, I guess, for me is there's probably two highlights for me. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart, Kenneth Branagh's Gilderoy Lockhart, I think is fun. He's having a lot of fun. He's hamming it up. He's silly. I think it's an amusing performance. And then uh, it's the last time that we see, I believe, that we see Richard Harris mm-hmm. as Dumbledore. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, he passed yeah. away right after the second. Yeah, and he's really good as Dumbledore, so that was definitely a loss for the series. I, I mean, I, I, I forget the what's his name. Michael Gambon. I, yeah, I like Michael Gambon a lot, but mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't quite the same kind of performance. And I, I love the whole thing with um. And there's a couple other things I like in this one. I like uh, getting to get to see tom riddle as a young student i think his flashbacks and the whole thing with the book and everything i think is nice Uh, because one of the problems that harry potter a little bit has sometimes as a movie franchise is that you hear a lot about villains but you don't really see any villains and Mm -hmm. uh and so sometimes there can be a little bit of a lack of of an adversary which you know, which is usually filled by someone like Draco or something like, or one of the defenses, <laughs> our arts teacher. But uh, that's why I'll tell you, we'll tell you a little bit which is later, which one's my favorite. But, um, but I don't know, this was kind of nice, at least this early on to get to see, get to know Voldemort a little bit better and get to see him as a teenager, I think is, is a good part. And uh, is this the one that has the mirror, the first, no, that's the, the first one. That's the that's first one. Okay. I like that in the. I didn't say it, but I like that whole mirror idea, of you know you could stand there looking at it at it forever, and uh, get lost in it. And I always think that that's kind of a, a cool concept. That I I definitely if I could just like see people that have passed on and and you see the thing that you most want. I like that whole concept. I think that is the deepest question you can ask someone when it comes to the series is what yeah. would you see in the mirror of Erised? That is like an intense, like kind of question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When well, I also like when uh, Dumbledore says something to the effect of it is not our, uh, it is not our, our thoughts that, uh, the betrays, but it is what we do mm-hmm. that we're, and so I think that's good. 
Um, I guess I think I, maybe I don't love, even though it's done well in this one, is I'm not a big spider person. So the <laughs> giant spider is... I almost spider. said that too, Rachel. I almost said that in my notes. Like, spiders. <laughs> like, it's effective. It's well done. And there are some Quidditch in this one, which isn't my favorite. Um, but, <laughs> Abby, what about you? What is your... What do you like about this one, this movie? I like that this early on, we start bringing Ginny into the picture. Mm-hmm. I think maybe later she's often underutilized, particularly in the movies. Yeah. But, um, but I liked bringing her in, and that was a surprise to me. When I saw it, and when I read it, I was very, like, I did not expect that Ginny would be the person who had um, the who had been who had opened the chamber of secrets uh-huh. so i really liked that about it it was a good surprise and she's a really cute character so i liked bringing her in more um the thing i didn't like about it is especially the movie it feels like it just kind of follows the formula of the first story mm-hmm. like really yeah. closely they even end up in an underground chamber with scary stuff like <laughs> <laughs> it just well, feels formulaic to me and like in my head the first and second movies are kind of the same thing yeah what about um, you amy <laughs> um okay so uh, gosh my favorite thing about this one i really didn't enjoy this movie all that much uh-huh because i feel like they actually left out some of the stuff from the book that i would have liked to see so it's probably my least favorite movie um Mm -hmm. but i don't know i'm trying to think of something to compliment Uh, (laughs) is that bad like um it's just your opinion i mean it's it's draco did a good job there we go Mm -hmm. tom felton did a good job in this movie there's there's my compliment i i honestly i remember talking about this when we did our podcast back then is i do think he's the strongest of the young cast oh yeah i think oh yeah best actor I really he do. did fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, my least favorite part of this movie is Ginny. Um, I feel like they really, from the book to the movie, they really wrote her down. Um, mm-hmm. And I am one of those justice for Ginny people. Ginny Weasley is, in my opinion, or well, is my favorite character, the one I relate to the most. And I feel like they wrote her down for this movie. I'm glad they still incorporated her. They didn't like go off her completely. Um, but there was a lot more about her. Mm-hmm. in the actual book than there was in the movie and that kind of like really disappointed me um i like bonnie Wright, but i don't know if she was the best to be cast for it mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm just disappointed by jenny yeah. but like yeah so yeah very cool all right so prisoner of azkaban the first time we got a new director in Alfonso coron and I just love the way that he directed this movie. I think the cinematography is on a whole nother level than the first two. The way that he uses these one takes to take you like through the train at the beginning and you just follow the camera. This camera is almost always moving in, in these scenes and it really helps you to just focus on the, the what's happening to the character at that one moment, I think. And I think that he, the, I've read a lot of quotes uh, to, that uh, Daniel Radcliffe said that Alfonso really helped them with their acting. And I, I think you can tell mm-hmm. it's on a little bit of a different level yeah. in this movie than the previous two. And I just love time travel stories. So I, I'm a big, just 
I don't know. I just think it's fun. And the whole, you know, Hermione punching Draco in the nose is very fun. And, and, uh, I, 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 I even liked the, um, that what the cursed child, because I just love stupid time travel movies and stories. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think obviously the downside to this is that there are, there are always plot holes in time travel stories. It's just always going to happen. And, that's here too <laughs> but uh and you can nitpick it as far as those kinds of things but i don't know i just think it's kind of a fun ride and i like the i feel like it's characters grow and it looks really beautiful so i enjoy this one uh and um, it's one of my favorites of the of the series it's not my favorite that's one of my favorites uh what about you abby what do you think um, first of all, I totally forgot that this is the one where Hermione punches Draco Malfoy. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite moment out of all of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Um, that's just a really mm. fantastic scene. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, when I saw this movie in the theater, uh, I, everybody just cheers when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is clapping. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, some other things I liked about it, the mood of this movie really fits mm -hmm. uh, the age and development of the kids. Um, they're like 13 in this. And have you guys ever seen, I don't know if you guys ever watched Malcolm in the Middle. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that show is awesome. It's a really um, good show. <laughs> there's, a, there's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Malcolm is like 13 and he's just like in this funk he just like won't leave his room and he's mad about everything and he's angry all the time and his mom's like oh yeah every one of you all your brothers have gone through this too you're 13 that's mm -hmm. how life is and i feel like the mood of prisoner of azkaban really it's that age like they're just kind of like dark and moody and uh they're just so 13 and i thought that was really well done there's also a really noticeable improvement in the acting performances for all of the kids in this movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. And since, like, bringing in the new director, it feels fresh. It doesn't feel stale. Kind of like the second one feels stale because it feels like we already did this. But um, it really felt fresh and new and, and beautiful. Yeah. Um, the thing I hate in this movie, and I don't know why it bothers me so much, but I really hate the night bus scene. I really uh -huh. hate it. Just hate too everything silly. Everything about it, it annoys me. <laughs> it's just, no, I don't like it. In the book, it was fine, but in the movie, I was, it turns me off for some reason. I just mm -hmm. can't watch it. Yeah. What do you think, Amy? Okay, my favorite part is the Marauder's Map. Hands mm. down. I love the Marauder's Map. I love Harry walking around randomly in the middle of the night being dumb. Um, and then how it, like, um, insults Snape. That's the word, insults. How it insults Snape when he looks at it, and then Ramus and everything. Best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher they had. Like, best everything. I was just in love with it so much. Mm -hmm. Very cool. What's your? Um, it's fun to hear what you like about these movies, Amy, because yeah, they're all things that like. Oh yeah, if I had read this at a kid as a kid, I would have been totally in love with that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. Least favorite part, Alfonso Cuarón. <laughs> uh -huh. 
I didn't like the way this one was done. And I know it's most people's favorites because it's like aesthetically pleasing, but I don't think it worked well with the story and like transferring the book to the screen. And also I just think he's kind of a creepy, creepy, like he makes creepy movies and like Harry Potter isn't supposed to be like creepy. <laughs> um, so I don't know. You I know what? I felt that way about it. Didn't like his, time. didn't like his style of it that much. I mean, I think he did a good job. It was beautifully, like it was kind of beautiful, you know, but not exactly my favorite yeah mm -hmm. yeah very good okay so let's talk about goblet of fire so i actually i feel like this one is often given a lot of people don't like it and it's not perfect but i think it's a little underrated of the series in my opinion i really like everything that's sort of post that's once he gets into the maze i think mm -hmm. that there's a ton of heart and there's a, it's pretty gripping and you get to see you know voldemort for the first time and it's i don't know and everything with cedric is very like gut-wrenching and i think they pull it off pretty well this is directed by uh, by mike uh mike newell and which is interesting because he has a uh like a romantic comedy kind of background uh, <laughs> and but i think you can see some of that i also i like the whole sort of cinderella hermione kind of storyline yeah. in here i think uh it's a lot of fun uh i guess as far as what i don't like i and i could have mentioned this earlier and i'm shocked abby that you didn't mention this earlier moaning myrtle is the worst thing to ever exist i hate oh, moaning myrtle she's horrible she is so annoying and i know she's supposed to be annoying but oh my gosh it is like nails on a chalkboard of my life is moaning myrtle and so she is the worst and she's so like really awkward and like it, like it, it, he's there in his like swim trunks and she's like coming up to him and like nosing up like it's curry it's, it's weird like the creepiest giggle in the world <laughs> but like when you think about it she died as a 12 year old girl she's forever stuck as a 12 year old girl like I, I know a lot of 12 year old girls and they're not like that and and i don't know well, she's yes. so <laughs> irritating to me i don't like her and so she's the <laughs> she's the worst part of this movie and any movie that she's in but she's in it really? the most in this and she's the most creepy i think I, i'm with you there <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the worst part of any movie. She's <laughs> I don't know. Is that actress like really bad or something? Like, well, I don't she's, know who she is. She's very old, I think. I think she was like. She was like 35 yeah, when they did it. When she's doing this role, which is, I don't know, the whole thing is. Weird. It's just weird. So, <laughs> yeah, I also, I, I felt like they kind of wimped down all the other champions, especially Fleur. It's just. Mm -hmm. kind of kind of lame in this movie and and she's just crying all the time and everything and in the book i felt like she was stronger because she's a champion you know and uh but that's a nitpick but overall i think it's pretty good i like it uh what about you abby overall i agree i think it's pretty good um i my favorite uh was same as yours is the ending scene with the maze and uh, Voldemort and Cedric and all of that was just so well done. Um, yeah. But I felt like I did feel like the whole Triwizard Tournament I guess that whole situation just felt watered down. Amy, what do you think about this one? 
Um, I, what I like about this book the most is probably the fight between Ron and Harry. And I know people hate that, like, sometimes, how Ron's, like, overreacting. But I feel like Ron and Harry don't fight, really. And so to see them, like, kind of clashing, I, mm. I actually enjoyed that, if that's weird. Because, you know, best friends, they get in fights, and it's how you work through that that makes your friendship stronger. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that little thing, and then Hermione kind of being in the middle and being like, boys are stupid. I really like Yeah. <laughs> I really I, like I that. I feel like they don't do that as well, though, in the movie. They don't, yeah. Because they, they fight, and then, like, instantaneously... They're BFFs they're BF- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, as in the book. Yeah. And then my least favorite thing about this one, I mean, I think they did an okay job, but I don't like that they left out Dobby because Dobby was supposed to be a huge part of the fourth book Mm. and there was no Dobby in the movie. Um, as well as I didn't really like the whole, like, Karkaroff, like, I didn't like who they cast as Karkaroff. I don't know why he just, mm-hmm. he seemed weird to me. I guess I didn't really like him in the books either, but it's just, I didn't. Which one is he? Sit well with me. He's the headmaster of the, um, of Durmstrang. Yeah. So, didn't really like him all that much. I mm-hmm. wish they would have also used, like, Crumb more, like, Crumb and Hermione's relationship more a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Can I just say that I did not think Crumb was attractive enough in the movie like, yeah agreed in the book i felt like oh he's supposed to be this really hot guy and in the movie he's yeah. just kind of this shaved headed grumpus like. yeah yeah agreed yeah i agree with you all right so but he does feel like a little more believable that hermione would be interested in him rather than some like model-esque you know kind of guy yeah that's so true there's maybe that but very good. Yeah, all right. That, and isn't it weird how they made those schools an all girls and an all boys school? They're not supposed to be an all girl and all boys school. Like, <laughs> what weird. are you saying? There's only boy wizards near Durmstrang, and there's only girl witches in France. Like, I'm confused. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then we have Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. This is where we brought on David David Yates. And I think this one is the best because I think it's the only one where we have, aside from Voldemort, it's the only one where we really have a solid antagonist against Harry. And I think that Umbridge is such a great villain. I think the actress uh, has so much fun with the role being this just really Mm -hmm. wicked, really evil, but really sweet on the outside kind of character. And I think uh, that it's really interesting the way that sort of fascism kind of takes hold in mm-hmm. Hogwarts. It's kind of an interesting thing to sort of teach kids. And uh, I think that Dumbledore's army is a really well done here. Uh, you really mm-hmm. feel like Harry is becoming a teacher, becoming a leader. There's a sense of group uh, unity. You're starting to get really attached to these characters and I, so I think that works very, very well in it. And I, I really, really like that. I, I think that there are moments in this one where Harry and Ron can be a little bit unlikable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's better than the, the book. I, I like the book, but the book is so long 
and there's so much of harry <laughs> being unhappy and frustrated and whatever yeah. that it, it's a little more palatable i feel like in a movie because it's only 10 minutes or whatever but you kind of need it for his character and i'm fine with it but if i had to pick something i didn't like that would probably be maybe maybe a little bit uh a little bit unlikable but i don't know i really like this one i think this is a really good movie and it's very well done and you know i'm a political science grad so sort of that political dynamic that we start to get in this one i think is really interesting and 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 fun so that's one of my favorite uh but abby what about you um i really like that in the order of the phoenix we really start to assemble and see this team of mm-hmm. adult good guys um i think that's a really important piece that we didn't really get to see previously mm-hmm. um because like it really adds plausibility to the idea of harry being able to bring down voldemort like this little group of child friends is not on their own yeah. going to have the ability and resources to bring down the most powerful dark wizard in the wizarding world. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just not plausible. And I really like the, first of all, I really like the team. Like I really like um, Lupin and, and Sirius Black and um, Tonks and all those people that we get to meet. Is this the first um, one with Luna or is that earlier? No, this is the first one with Luna. Yeah, and I love Luna. She's great. Wasn't she in Dumbledore's army in... That's oh, that's one. in this book. Yeah. That's, what yeah. that's in this one. Yeah. Yeah. She's I great. I really like Luna, too. She's a sweetie. Um, so, yeah, I really like that aspect and getting to know the Order of the Phoenix and having this more sense of, like, this good... The good side is a bigger movement than we've seen mm-hmm. before. Um, what I didn't like is kind of the same as what you were saying, Rachel, is that Harry is not super likable a lot of the time. Um, and I think part of it is I'm, my brain has kind of merged the book, some of these books and movies. Yeah. Yeah. um, I don't remember all the differences anymore. Um, but I do remember just feeling like, ugh, Harry is hard to take. (laughs) He's just too angsty. Yeah. All right, Amy, what about you on this one? Okay, so my favorite part of this is definitely Dumbledore's army and just, like, the kids coming together to, you know, learn what they're not going to learn in class because the ministry's interfering at Hogwarts, and that's just, like, my favorite part, and, like, including Luna and just, like, getting to see all of these kids that we've seen, getting them to to see them actually doing magic, um, like all of them and all their different abilities and stuff. That's like definitely my favorite part. I think Dumbledore's army is just like the coolest thing ever. Um, my least favorite part of this movie, well, one, there's no Quidditch in this movie, which is disappointing to me. Um, <laughs> my favorite part. <laughs> um, well, like, I mean, there's supposed to be Quidditch in it. There was Quidditch in the book, but there's none in the movie. And I'm like, um, excuse me. I would like Quidditch, please. Um, <laughs> Thank you, David <laughs> Um, but other than that I guess just like Harry is so moody yeah and like I get it okay he literally watched someone die (laughs) like he has the right to be moody but it just it's so frustrating sometimes and it kind of just like makes me like realize at least in this book a lot of the problems that they're having like 
Cho crying all the time mm-hmm. and Harry being moody and Ron being moody and like well also Ron's dad gets attacked and almost dies like it makes me like this book kind of makes me realize and also like Neville's backstory a little bit with his parents makes me realize like how much of a laugh there is for like mental health assistance <laughs> yeah. in the wizarding world right, right. um because like I feel like they all need therapy at this point yeah um for everything that's gone on in their lives but there's none of that so like yeah harry's gonna be moody he's a 15 year old that watched someone die and (laughs) tried to like expelliarmus the dark lord like he needs some help that no one's giving him so yeah that's true true. that's an aggravating that's an aggravating part of this it's like this is a kid who's clearly in a really bad headspace and mm-hmm. nobody's, none of the adults are doing anything about it. Well, yeah. I think that in the first two, like, that was the benefit of having Richard Harris because those conversations they would have were sort of like that or sort of, but mm-hmm. I don't think you got that as much with Michael Gambon. Like Harry felt supported yeah. and validated and like somebody yeah. cared about him. But at the same time, in the fifth book, Dumbledore specifically tried to ignore Harry. Right. Like, that was in the book, too. He was like, I'm not going to talk to Harry, like, to kind of protect him or whatever. Which I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever, Dumbledore. Like, he's hurting. He needs help. Mm-hmm. Like, McGonagall or Sirius or even Molly or Arthur. Some of mm-hmm. them, someone should have sat down with him and been like, hey, I know you're a teenage boy, but, like, you got to talk this out. Like, t- t- crying is fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they, they need help. And then Cho lost her boyfriend. Like, her boyfriend literally died, and she's making out with the guy that mm-hmm. watched him die. Like, she needs some therapy. Neville needs therapy because of his parents, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, Ron and Ginny and Fred and George probably <laughs> should have had some sort of assistance because their dad almost died. Like, yeah, what? Right. They've all been through <laughs> like, insane trauma, and everybody's just carrying on like business. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, Ginny was possessed by Voldemort in the second one, and like, no one really helped her from that. Like, she makes a comment in the book, like, oh, it's funny, Harry. It's not like you don't know anyone who's been possessed by Voldemort before. Like, has she healed from that? I'm not so sure. <laughs> the other two funny things I think about Harry Potter is, <laughs> yes, I agree. They, they all need therapy. But also, also, first of all, you think you'd pick up on a couple of good ideas that the muggles had and sort of implement them? It, mm-hmm. Like, why not? Yeah. Why, why not have why not have computers <laughs> i mean pretty well, helpful instead of riding with a feather <laughs> I, I think you want to upgrade a little bit from there to a pen <laughs> to a pen at least yes and also i guess the only thing you need to know in this world is is magic stuff you don't need to have yeah. classes on literature and learning you don't need to know math, you don't need to know math. That's science. well they have science. arithmetic arithmetic is kind of math oh, but like they? Yeah, but I'm still like, but the thing is, you can option out to take arithmetic in third year, so it's not like Harry and Ron are learning any math. Only Hermione <laughs> is. Like, and like, and she probably has a better math knowledge because she went to Muggle school. I'm sure Harry and Hermione could beat Ron in math any day. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do understand like why J.K. Rowling didn't incorporate like technology though. Like, she just like flat out in the first book was like, hey technology doesn't work around magic it makes it all wonky just to like get that out of the way so we don't have to deal with like cell phones or computers or xboxes or whatever 
it was also the 90s so i mean there wasn't a ton of like crazy technology but still that's true still. It was a I, I would have at least gotten pens i i think that would I know been. right like i Good remember upgrade. like yeah it was like a pen come on it's not that hard i mean <laughs> And also, like, parchment. Like, they're writing on parchment. I'm like, they don't, can't they just get paper? Like, you can need to just use, get a notebook. Yeah, like, rolls of parchment. Well, I think in the movies they use notebooks because they're, like, rolls of parchment, really. But, like, in the books, it's like, yeah, we're gonna, you need to write a foot long on a roll of parchment. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. What if your handwriting is a lot bigger or something? Like, <laughs> what she did, she did a really good job, though, with creating the wizard food. And then I think the movies did yeah. a good job with that, too. And but, it tastes so good, yeah. <laughs> all of it at the Wizarding World. I've never been to the Wizarding World, but yeah, it all sounds delicious. <laughs> it's all amazing. The only thing that I would say is I'm allergic to cinnamon and nutmeg, so I can't eat a lot of the stuff, like, which is disappointing to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't eat it, it has cinnamon in it, but I really want it. Like, when I turned 21, I wanted to try fire whiskey, but fire whiskey is basically just fireball. It has cinnamon and stuff in it. I'm like, I can't have it, I'll die. Like... Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> Too bad. That's funny. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, the Half-Blood Prince. This is our sixth movie. And this one is was very disappointing to me on the rewatch, I have to say. It feels like it's a bit of one of those Marvel movies where they exist more to kind of transition to the big movie than mm -hmm. they are on their own. Something like Age of Ultron or something like that. Um, there's a lot of pieces that need to be in the puzzle mm -hmm. in this movie rather than it really being like satisfying and i think uh the my favorite part i guess of this one is you actually feel more of a presence of Voldemort. he's actually sort of more of a part of the story instead of just being sort of whispered about i think you feel like you were getting more and more of him getting ready for obviously the final book and final two movies and so i like that i i think uh uh Ray Fiennes was a good choice for Voldemort. I think he did a mm -hmm. good job. And so that's that's good. And uh, the, uh, the, my least favorite part is I just don't think they did Dumbledore's death very well. Like when I read it in the book, I was sobbing. It was so emotional and there was just something kind of clinical about it in the movie. I didn't feel that same, the way they staged it and the way they had it, I don't know. I just felt like I just didn't feel like it was very well done. And I, I don't feel like they focused enough on Harry, his response to it, his emotion. Um, I don't know. It just didn't work for me uh, very well. And I kind of had to think back to the book and then I would feel emotional. And that's what they did in the movie as much. And, uh, and maybe that's because there wasn't as much chemistry between this particular Dumbledore and the, and, uh, the Harry uh, in the movies. I don't know. For some reason, I was disappointed in how they portrayed that and how they did that. But uh, Abby, what about you? Um, I agree with you that I was disappointed in the Dumbledore death scene. Um, that was what I kind of had pegged as my definite weak point in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I appreciate about this story um. I feel like it, it kind of ratchets up, I guess, since we've met the, the Order of the Phoenix, the whole complexity of the dynamics between the good people and the evil people, 
Um, you know, we have Bellatrix Lestrange doing the whatever weird Unbreak bond thing. Yeah, with, the Unbreakable. The Unbreakable Vow. Unbreakable you know, Vow. Um, <laughs> we kind of, I guess what I like, it's hard to articulate. What I liked about it is we've upped the ante as far as like complexity and like the the moral nuances of the story does that make sense yeah yeah it's less yeah. black and white and we start seeing more mature shades of gray um, yeah in our characters yeah yeah definitely yeah very good uh, uh what do you think amy um probably my favorite part of this movie is that we do get to see the pieces like coming together mm -hmm. the little parts that are going to make up the whole specifically i really love the memories that we see um and like how harry has to understand the past kind of to and understand voldemort more um for this to continue and i really really enjoyed that um yeah and then probably my least favorite part of this book again is again Ginny like come on I wanted to see them kiss in the common room and have everyone see like the thing where they're in the whatever the rumor requirement and they just kiss and no one sees it I'm like no I wanted everyone to see it like in the book everyone should have seen that kiss um yeah so that was probably just mm -hmm. like them changing that was one of my like most irritating parts of the sixth movie and also that Snape Snape is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I don't think we had one in the movie, one Snape. Like, Snape, Snape is hardly in the movie. He's yeah, hardly exactly. in at all. Like, the, the whole joke is, like, Snape never gets to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. You would think they would have done a scene in the sixth movie because he's finally the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. They would have mm -hmm. done a scene on that. Like, it was in the books. Like, how annoyed right. they were that he was finally the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. So I feel like they underused Snape in the sixth movie movie they yeah, could have used agreed. alan rickman so much more yeah 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 agree i agree with you there all right so we have harry potter and the deathly hallows part one so yeah this one uh was the first one that i saw in theaters and didn't really love for the most part all these other ones i i liked on the first watch uh and i don't know this one just felt so slow to me it felt very boring to me and there's just a lot of camping there's a lot of it <laughs> and I, I felt like they were trying a little bit to be a little twilighty uh, with this yeah. love triangle and you have the weird vision of Hermione and Harry naked. Like that's weird uh, all of a sudden. And it's just not my favorite. I, uh, the action scene sort of when they're all at the beginning, they're kind of gathering and they're all, they all take the um, holly juice, look like Harry that whole part is pretty good, I think, and there's a sense of teamwork, and uh, and I think uh, that all uh, is effective and well done. I like that beginning, but, but yeah, once they get to those tents, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's not for me. And I just think it shows when you divide, uh, you just can't divide a book and it's multiple movies. It just doesn't work for me. It's never worked for me. Stop doing it, Hollywood. I think the divergent was finally when they were like, okay, we're going to hold back on doing that from now on. Cause it's just not, it's not very good in my opinion to do that. Uh, Abby, what about you? Um, was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so boring. Um, 
the good thing I liked about it, I really liked the way that they related the story of the Deathly Hallows. That was clever. It was well done. They was that in part one or part two? Part one. I think oh, it was, was it? Part okay. One. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> because that's how they knew what to look for. It was okay. like sort of a catalyst that got them. Okay. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> and I really liked that part. Uh, I liked that Luna was in it. And then also I was really, really, really bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Amy, what, do, what about you? Um, my favorite part of this movie is, um, I guess, George losing his ear. Um, <laughs> trying to think. I mean, the, the kiss in the kitchen was kind of cute. The wedding was awesome, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the wedding was really great. Um, yeah, but I like Ginny and Harry's kiss in the kitchen, and then George just casually just lost an ear drinking coffee, just like, morning. Like, that's, that's like the best thing ever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated the camping. It's just a lot of camping. It's a lot like, of camping. It's a lot. And then, like, Dobby dies. It's like, okay, we're intense, and then Dobby dies. Like, come on, we gotta have something good. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just really, it, it really kind of drags. And, like, Ron gets super annoying throughout most of it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this whole movie, I'm just like, okay, Ron, Hermione, just admit you have feelings for each other, and half of this would be fixed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so communication guys communication <laughs> all right so deathly Hallows part two is our final one before she decided to prequelize it and this is a uh, so i think this is a really satisfying finale i really thought she did a great job in the book of kind of giving every single character that you'd come to care about their sort of moment shine and i think they do a really good job in the movie with that as well in this uh, they kind of saved everything that was sort of juicy for the second movie and uh i i mean everybody you know uh gets their their sort of moment uh even mrs weasley you know with her moment with bellatrix that's really good uh i uh you know that's very sad and I think it earns the emotion of those deaths and there's actually stakes, which not every franchise has. Even something like Lord of the Rings that I love doesn't really have any stakes. Nobody, nobody except for uh, um, Gollum dies in the whole series. And uh, I mean, I guess you lose, kind of lose, uh, shoot, what's the wizard's name? I can't think of it all of a sudden. But anyway, but then he comes back. And... <laughs> So anyway, I do admire that about the series that they actually had some stakes. There's some loss. You felt it because you had grown attached to these more minor characters. And I think that that shows sort of rich writing to me. That it's not just all about, you know, your lead three characters. That there's just this wider net of characters that you care about. That's a rich, deep writing to me. And I love the part when Harry goes into the, to the spirit world. I don't know what's called spirit that place and he talks to dumbledore King's cross okay, okay and i this is i love the tone of that scene i love the mood of that scene i think it's really peaceful and i just think the sort of the the conversation that they have is really moving i always tear up every time uh and i i i just think he's such an unselfish harry such an unselfish character and in many ways that was kind of what I loved for so long about Luke Skywalker too, is that he was a really unselfish character. And that's why 
I struggled with his portrayal in The Last Jedi was because he all of a sudden wasn't an unselfish character. That was hard for me. But, um, but here, I just love that just how you get the sense of that finally he's at peace, Harry, after all that he's been through. And then he's going to decide to kind of go back to all that madness. And it, I think it's a really good scene and really good moment. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really good movie. I like it a lot. It's my second favorite huh. of all of them. Uh, Abby, what do you think about this last one? Um, I agree. Really satisfying ending. Um, you know what? The I was thinking about when you were when you were talking about um, Molly. I really wish that rather than doing like rather than doing like these uh, Fantastic Beast movies and all of this, I would have so much rather had. Uh, a deeper look at the Weasley story. Oh, I so agree. At Molly and Arthur, at their uh, what their youth was like, at their love story, at their family's early years, um, or even after the fact, like looking at the Weasleys down the road, what's going on with their family, what's going on with their kids. Um, I, agree I love you. the Weasleys. I love them. And I think that that would have been a much better focus than just like doing all this other random stuff that isn't that related to Harry Potter. Yeah. I think its biggest flaw is that I think J.K. Rowling does not have the guts to kill off her characters. I think that even though there was some loss, they were all sort of peripheral characters. I mean, we, we lose a Weasley, but it's Fred, right? Yeah, Fred is dead. George Fred lost is, an ear. Okay. Fred is so dead. That's lose, the rhyme. <laughs> we not only... Okay, so we, we lose a Weasley, and that's terrible because we love the Weasleys. But it, it's even the Weasley that has a living twin still. So, like... <laughs> but I think... Kind of, she kind of minimizes her losses there. Yeah. Like, but I do think it's better than... They have some guts and kill somebody important. But it's better than other franchises, though. Like, like I was saying, I, uh, the, I mean, it's not, I guess you could say with Star Wars, you know, finally they, they do kill off characters, but in the original set. I mean, there's a lot of other franchises that, that don't kill off anybody. Yeah, and, and then, or if they do, they bring them back to life, like Spock. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Gandalf, that's the name of the wizard. <laughs> okay, I honestly couldn't remember it either. So I was like, that other bearded guy. <laughs> anyway, so what do you like? What's your favorite things about this one, Amy? Um, I, I just think it was a really good ending. I think they did a really good job for like what they had making it into a movie. Um it, it, it it was lacking a lot for me because I do love this book so much. Um, but I feel like everyone really, uh, I'm trying to think of like things that were just in the movie that I liked. Um, oh, my favorite thing that didn't happen in the books and JK Rowling said wouldn't ever happen. But in the movie where Neville is like, I'm going to find Luna. I'm crazy about her. Probably should tell her cause we'll both be dead by morning. 
that's my favorite thing because I think Luna and Neville should have gotten together but they didn't in the books and like based on Pottermore and stuff like that like Neville and Luna never got together they were never like romantically involved but they did that in the movie just kind of for fan service and that's kind of like my favorite part because um, <laughs> I always wanted them to be together even though I know they didn't and it's like probably good that they weren't together because like then all of Dumbledore's army like got together which is kind of weird um, <laughs> but you know yeah that's my favorite Mm-hmm. probably part is that they they that little like that little comment just made me so happy when I saw it in the theaters for the first mm-hmm. time um mm-hmm. least favorite thing they did kind of leave a little a little bit out which kind of made me sad probably that end scene though where he breaks the wand and throws it though off the bridge mm-hmm. I didn't get that I was like what why why is he what and I know it's supposed to be, like, ending, like, oh, the, the wand of death is gone, it's broken, and it's been thrown into a ravine or whatever. But I'm kind of just like, uh, why did they put that in there? Like, who thought of that? I don't, I don't get it. Because, like, Harry broke his wand, and then they don't, in the movie, they never show him fixing his actual personal wand. So, like, if you're just a viewer just watching the movie, you're like, okay, so Harry has no wand anymore. <laughs> like, he just yeah. doesn't. Um, which I just think is kind of weird that they didn't, like, tie that up, because I've had friends that have watched the movies and been like, wait, so Harry just doesn't have a wand anymore? And I'm like, he does, but, like, they just don't show it in the movie, and I just think that's a really weird way of them ending it. Also, they left out Teddy Lupin, um, which I really would have liked to see, um, Tonkson, uh, Ramus's son, especially in the, uh, 19 years later they left him out of that and I really would uh, like to see him yeah that's right the epilogue was not my favorite yeah. it was not very well I mean I guess they did what they could with yeah. makeup and stuff but it is not my favorite they could have left that out I don't know Draco's receding hairline I think is just hilarious to me <laughs> um yeah and I I think it's funny too some of the kids that were in that scene like are youtubers so, like, I've watched these people who were in the epilogue, like, they're grown up now, and I still watch their YouTube videos, and it's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. don't know. It was just, it was... That's funny. The, weir- the epilogue was a little weird. They left some stuff out. I think it would have been more fun if it would have been, like, exactly to T, like, the book, because then you see Teddy, you see Bill's daughter, Victory, you see Percy still running up and down the train, uh, running up and down talking about broom regulations, like, just, there's more, like, fun stuff in it than just Harry being all, like, you know, we named you after two headmasters of Hogwarts, like, the epilogue is a lot more fun in the book than they made it in the movie, they made it so serious in the movie, and I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, whatever, but it should have been fun, we should have had a fun ending, Mm -hmm. we should have had, I wish, like, they would have done some cheesy, like, all was well, because those are the last words of the books, they should have done some cheesy thing at the end, all was well, like, someone says it, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, they just made it way too serious, I feel like. I personally, like, I do not like epilogues, generally, Uh and when they... Mm -hmm when they occur, they need to be extremely minimal. Yeah. Uh, And I really, like, I have a really hard time with J.K. Rowling's inability to, like, just leave well enough alone. Yeah. Like, there comes a certain point where you just need to say, this story is over, and now it belongs to my readers. Yep. Anyway, we could talk about this for for many episodes. Yeah. But I, I I think it is a series that inspires kids to read, and so that 
reason alone, I think it's really great. But I think that as far as the movies, I think that they, uh, for the most part, even the ones that maybe I think are a little boring, have too much Quidditch, are still like fun, magical movies for kids. And uh, and uh, so I don't know. Even considering like another franchise that I love is Star Wars. Star Wars has had way way more misses than Harry Potter had. That's as far true. As movies that are. Woo. Um, so uh, and you can even make the argument that Lord of the Rings had with those with those Hobbit movies. Ooh, not my favorite. And yeah. so I I don't know. I think that it is a pretty solid uh, franchise. Of both movies and a really solid franchise of books and i just like the fact that it's getting kids to read and getting them to uh wonder and uh and dream and uh have use their imaginations i think that's all great so i don't i had a lot of fun talking about with uh with you guys i really appreciate you coming on and talking about it this was a fun little bonus i think to do uh-huh. and uh, so let us know in the comment section what your favorite maybe least favorite thing of each of the movies is do you agree with us are you outraged about my quidditch opinion please let us know in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to talk about it be really fun and uh, so abby where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at abby abby underscore kid k-i-d-d great and amy where can people find you uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Amy Craig, and then on YouTube, youtube.com slash Weekend All Stars. I promise I will make videos again someday. Great. <laughs> and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube, so check that out. If you're interested in purchasing any of the Harry Potter DVDs, Blu-rays, or books, check out Amazon.com. We'll have our affiliate link. You can check out HallmarkiesPodcast.com slash Amazon, and uh, we would really appreciate it. It would definitely help us out. That would be really nice. And so thanks so much. Make sure you're following Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media, and on iTunes and YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We really, really appreciate it. And again, let us know what you think, uh, all you Potterheads out there. And uh, thanks so much. If you have any ideas for future bonus episodes that you'd like us to do, please let us know. And thanks so much. You guys really appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye guys.